The landscape, when you think of e-commerce and shopping, is always changing. And the brands that were the big brands yesterday quickly fall off, and, and new brands come up. And the same is is true with retailers in the e-commerce space uh, when it comes to what's hot and what isn't at the moment. And if you scan e-commerce at the moment, I mean, you have your kind of shining castle on the hill with Amazon, uh, which, which seems to dominate everything. But the one space that I think Amazon has struggled with and, and probably will continue to struggle with is getting a real foothold of, of luxury. And there's a lot of money in luxury. It's a big uh, sector. And so that said, I think there's a lot of space and a lot of room for, for one company to become the sort of de facto Amazon of, of the luxury space, make luxury accessible, and then also make it convenient to shop. Because at the moment, I think for large swaths of, of the US and I think globally, I think luxury is, is one of those things that's that's hard to, to, to be a part of. I know where I live, I, mean, I used to live in, in Chicago and then you just hop downtown and it's, it's easy to go see all the luxury stores and, and, and do a bit of luxury shopping. But where we live now in, in Ohio, it, it's it's much more tricky proposition. And so, of course, the, the, sh- the natural shift is to shift online and try and, you know, uh, squash that luxury bl- uh, bug with uh, with online shopping. And so this this uh, partnership here, it's, it's more of an investment, uh, is between Farfetch, which is an online luxury kind of a platform, and then Neiman Marcus, which is, is we know, the, the kind of, used to be at least the, one of the preeminent retailers uh, in the country, of course, has fallen into hard times over the last few years. And so Farfetch is investing uh, $200 million into Neiman Marcus. In exchange for that investment, uh, Neiman Marcus will put some of the luxury brands it it has onto the platform, and then the Farfetch will uh, try and expand the uh, the online footprint of uh, of Neiman Marcus. And just to uh, a staggering stat that that I came across when reading this story was that Farfetch, uh, which went public in 2018, uh, generated 1.47 billion in in uh, profit on revenue of 2.26 billion. So, I mean, napkin math, that's something like 70, 65% uh, margins on, on their business, which is incredible. And it really points to the shift in the way that people are shopping for luxury. Luxury has always been high margins. Um, and so a platform like Farfetch to be able to do that, I think is, is really interesting. Uh, going back to the Amazon uh, play, I, I think when, when you think of Amazon and, and its footprint, the reason why it, it, it's going to struggle, I think, in the luxury space, at least in the short term, is that perception is, is a big deal in luxury, right? Brand equity and, and, and that kind of stuff. And so the shopper that is shopping on Amazon probably doesn't want to do the same kind of shopping when they're thinking, like, I'm going to go spend $2,000, $3,000 on a wallet, for example. Um, it's hard to do uh, on Amazon uh, because it, Amazon is associated with so much with convenience. And so that Venn or that that overlap there of where you can, is there a platform out there that can combine some level of convenience with with the luxury image? I think there's definitely space in the market for that. And maybe Farfetch with this with this uh, investment is looking to 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 push into that space. Um, there's another I think angle here where it's clever for an e-commerce brand like Farfetch to to partner with a company that has the retail footprint or the real estate footprint of an Neiman Marcus because 
there's still a lot of space for for log- logistical uh, excellence. So execution of the logistics space, and so Neiman Marcus could become these de facto distribution hubs for Farfetch'd. Uh, you know the. Most luxury shoppers, I imagine, are still in the big cities, and Neiman Marcus probably has a store in, in most of these big cities across the, the U.S. And so can Farfetch then, in exchange for distributing its luxury brands on, on uh, Neiman Marcus's luxury brands on its website, use those points in cities as distribution centers to become faster, to become more Amazon-like in the way that they can get luxury goods to people? Uh, because I think that would be an interesting proposition. I know a lot of the, if you do shopping for really anything other than Amazon, I still think there's a, there's a big delay uh, in getting goods quickly. Uh, and so does having this, these increased number of distribution points in, in major cities help Farfetch get, you know, the luxury goods to people faster, I think. Uh, and that's an interesting proposition. I think Another just because I've been thinking about it and it's something I've been reading about lately. I think Shein is a is a Chinese retailer, uh, kind of a an H and M and uh, Zara competitor. But recently, it came out with a valuation of about a hundred billion, I think, which makes it bigger than those two companies combined. And you have so you have this uh, this friction, right? The, you, a lot of people talk about younger shoppers being more committed to sustainability, more committed to things like uh, ESG, right? It's, it's why you see H&M and, and Zara push sustainability within their stores. I think H&M does a big push of, about like bringing stuff back into the store and then they, they're giving you something in exchange. And so, but when you see fast fashion retailers like Shein do so well with, with a younger demographic, I think it, it points to just follow the money when it comes to shopping. Right? Follow the money, and, and that's where people's true intentions are. And I think knowing that the younger shopper still appreciates fat, like the, the things that we used to attribute to to uh, younger consumers versus this positioning or this, this signaling of ESG, I think is something that luxury can lean into as well. You know, the world may seem like it wants to be less materialistic or less buying into the, this kind of image heavy stuff but the truth is that human nature is human nature and so there's there's always going to be space for for luxury and i think you see that with the margins that farfetch is able to get gather um those margins we talked about earlier the 1.47 billion on 2.26 billion were just for the calendar year ended uh, december 31 so that you know granted that there might be a uh, a level of, of um the the market kind of doing that right now. I mean, we're in this space where there's, at least for the last 24 months or so, the the, in, the individual consumer has been flush with cash as a function of stimulus, as a function of the stock market doing so well. Um, and so that might be driving a lot of these these incredible profits. But I think it speaks to the opportunity in the space. Uh, for one retailer to be able to generate that percentage in profits means that there's space for other players to get into, this, into the market. And, and then... Um, if digital retailers, which are seen as, as more new age than your Neiman Marcuses, are able to to almost reverse the trend and, and invest in Neiman Marcus, where traditionally you would have thought that Neiman Marcus would be the one making these investments, I think speaks to how much opportunity there is in luxury. I think it's just a matter of, of brands getting the value proposition right. So can they can they execute on speed and logistics while offering enough of a, of a product uh, catalog to where 
uh, they become the major player in, in luxury. And I think then then there's space for, for one player to, to really take over in a way that Amazon has across basically every other vertical uh, in the market.